we begin, I started to write a little note, and I ended up typing a whole page out. When you set under someone that God has made faithful, when you set under a pastor faithfully for 10 years, for 20 years, for 35 years, sooner or later, you're going to learn something. Now, even, even those that are never regenerated, those that sit underneath the gospel and they hear it for decades and decades and God never works in them, even they're going to pick up some things. They're going to pick up on some good sayings or some good habits. Something, ain't they? When you're around believers, mature believers, for a long time and you see them walk and you see them talk and you see them go through trials and you see them fall down and you see them brought back up decade after decade in person, not on TV, not in a book, not that you read about it, not paper, not digital. Iron doesn't sharpen by digital means and paperback. Iron sharpened by iron. That's in person, isn't it? Decade after decade, you're going to learn some things. One of the things you're going to learn is that, is that that preacher or pastor made faithful by God, they're just sinners saved by grace in need of mercy. There ain't no difference. James spoke of Elijah. Boy, what a prophet. What a prophet. There's apostles and there's prophets and then there's teachers and then there's miracles. That's what Paul said, wasn't it? He was a prophet. And, he, and James said, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He ain't no different. But he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And guess what? Three and a half years rain didn't fall. Just an old sinner saved by grace. Isn't it? You learn also sometimes it'll be through a shameful experience and it's going to be well learned. If that's the case, you ain't going to forget it. To wait on the Lord. Just to wait. Several of us were about to go to a conference together. And there's going to be a lot of people there that do not regularly hear the gospel. They do not sit underneath the gospel preacher. And there may be some tensions. They're going to hear some things. We're going to say these things. And they might have some passions. And they may have some ideas. They may think things. What's that? Heresies, isn't it? <laughs> We're going to learn. It takes a long time, don't it? Decades. We're going to learn, learn to leave them alone. The Lord might be dealing with them. Henry, Clay, Don, I've heard them say these oh, several times. You've heard them say this several times. If you hear somebody preach and the Lord's working in you and hit, boy, it just gets you and it makes you, sometimes we get mad. Sometimes we get sad. Sometimes we get a little fired up, don't we? I've heard them say it over and over again. You've heard them say it over again. If something they say something, a faithful man of God, you go and you study that passage. And you go and you pray about that passage at least, that topic or that passage, at least as long as that preacher has before you go accusing and correcting and fighting with them, of which I strongly caution against. <laughs> Don't do it. I saw a, a, a mixed martial artist with fighters. They gave him a clip, another guy that, that fights for a living, uh, a drunk come up to him and pushed him and screamed and cussed. He said, what do you think about that? He goes, I think that drunk fellow's never been beat up real good. That professional father just to let him go. <laughs> but I could knock you out right now. He let it go. I'm going to say some things tonight that's going to offend natural man. 
if we have two natures and we hear these things, that new man's going to love it. You hear these things, you're going to say, them things are right. Boy, that's good. And that old man's going to kick against the pricks as hard as he can. And say, I, I know of some obscure verse that means that that ain't what that means. Calm down. So see what God has to say, okay? 63 times in John alone, we hear about these things. He said these things. He did these things. These things of what took place. And all this we've been reading since chapter 13. It's taking place the same night. When we pick up there and the Lord washed their feet and they sucked in chapter 13, no one's been asleep yet all the way up to our text. This is the same evening. Look here in John 13. John chapter 13. <clears throat> the Lord washed the disciples' feet. He gave them some warnings, told them some things. And he said, one of you is going to betray me. And John said, Lord, who's it going to be? Verse 26, John 13, 26. And Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it, gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him, into Judas. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. Now, no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. From John 13, 31 to the end of chapter 16, our Lord's speaking with the eleven. He sends Judas away. He's speaking with the eleven. And I want to consider that, what we just read. This hour has come. He tells Satan and Judas, that thou doest do quickly. He's about to drink of that cup the Father has given him. We read that in John 18. His hours come. That's heavy. That's heavy. And he spends the remaining time teaching and preparing his apostles. He didn't say, leave me alone. I got some heavy things going on. Go over there. I want to tell you some things. I'm going to tell you that I have some things I need to tell you. I got a lot more I'm going to tell you. You can't handle it right now. But I'm going to lay these things down, this groundwork, and you're going to remember it later on. And from 13 through 16, he pretty well says the same thing over and over again. <laughs> he says it often. I've heard preachers, my pastor and others, and they say things 100 times, 200 times, 500 times, and somebody says, I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> we read it in our text. They say, oh, now you speak plainly. He spoke plainly that whole evening, hadn't he? For three and a half years, he spoke plainly to him. He tells him he's about to be glorified. He's going to glorify the Father. He's going to go to the Father. He said, I'm going away, and, and you all going to need one another. I'm going to put you to work, because that's what servants do. They don't sit around the house and play games all day. Servants work. And he said, you're going to work. I'm going to send you out, and you're going to need one another. Look at verse 34. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know you're my disciples, if you have love one towards another. Did he say by your doctrine, you'll have, everybody's going to know you're right because you got the right doctrine? Did he say by the church that you go to, everybody's going to know you're my people? 
Did he say by the by the right preacher, that real famous preacher that everybody knows? I sat underneath him. That's how they're going to know. He said by love. I love how you going to know one another. Peter said, "Where are you going, Lord? Where are you going?" Verse thirty six. Simon Peter said to him, "Lord, where goest thou?" And Jesus answered him, "Whether I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. I'm going somewhere. You can't go, but later you're going to go with me." You're going to be where I am. That's plain, isn't it? If we believe him, we trust him. Okay. Go eat a ham sandwich. Calm down. People tell me I doubt too much. I've made a lot of sandwiches. Look at me. <laughs> Pretty calm. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Our pride and ability. Our faith. Our love our dedication, our motivation of us, it will all be put in its place, in the dust. It'll be put in the dust. And we will be made to need, to cling to, and to praise his ability, his faith, his love, his dedication, his motives. That's going to happen. Jesus answered him, verse 38. Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Peter said, I'll die with you. Oh, really? Will you? Remember that time they said, he said, can you be baptized with the baptism? I'm going to be baptized of it. They said, we can. He just said, yeah, you're going to. <laughs> Gentle and tender and kind, isn't he? He said, wilt thou lay down my life for my sake? Barely, barely. Truly, truly. I say unto you, the cock shall not crow until thou hast denied me thrice. Three times, Peter. That's for your dedication. Unto death's going to go. You're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. I have work to do. You don't. But you're going to love one another. And I'm going to go to the Father. And I'm going to bring you. And you're going to have trouble. And I'm going to send a comforter to you. And you're going to be comforted because you'll see me. And what I did. And my love. And my steadfastness. And you'll be comforted. You'll have joy when you see me. And everything's going to be smooth. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going to start thinking, you made it smooth. And you're going to start thinking, you understand now. And you're going to start thinking, you were faithful. And you're going to end up in a bunch of trouble. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to be in trouble. And your brethren's going to have to forgive you. And I'm going to send a comforter. And he's going to show you me. And you're going to see me and my faithfulness. You see, we're going to see it over and over and over again. Chapter 14, he tells him, as soon as he tells Peter, he says, you're going to deny me before the cock crows three times. And he said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Did Peter believe in God? God said Peter believed in God. He did, didn't he? That's what matters. When Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. Peter did not say, Lord, I know I love you. He said, you know it because you're God. That's the difference, isn't it? He said, you believe in God, Peter. He said, you believe also in me. He said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come back. I'm going to receive you to myself. I'm going to do all this. And they were worried. He said, he's going to leave them. And they said, well, where, where, how do we know where you want to go? We ain't even got a map. We don't know what you're talking about. And he says, I'm the way. I'm the way. And they said, you're going to the Father. And you said, we're well, going to end up at the Father's. And this father that you said that loves us and we, we believe him, how are we going to see him? And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. 
These things are too much for you now. He said, I'll send the comforter. You can't absorb all what I'm telling you right now. I'll send the comforter, and when this plays out, you'll say, oh, I know what he meant now. That spirit of truth is going to come to you, and he's going to bring into remembrance all the things I said. And you're going to be troubled, and you're going to be afraid. It's going to happen again. Look at verse 25, John 14, 25. He said, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. I'm here in the flesh. I'm telling you this in person. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Why? Because your heart's troubled and your heart's afraid when I say these things. You have sorrow in you, don't you? He goes on chapter 15. He says, we're one. He said, I might no longer be seen by your eyes of flesh, but, but I'm the vine, you're the branches. That's as, where does one start and where does one end? We can't tell. That's unity, isn't it? We are united. And this is because of my love. And now during the hard times, y'all hug up close to each other. When you physically don't see me no more. John 15 verse 9 says, As the Father hath loved me. There's no words to our brains could understand that. As the Father, the same after this manner, the same way the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. John 15 verse 11. He says, These things... Have I spoken unto you that your joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full? I've told you these things to give you joy. He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you. What he commanded? Love one another. I don't know if I can do that. We'll stop doing it. Well, I can't do that either. <laughs> Quit loving. I can't. No more than we can start loving. It's his love in us, isn't it? Shed abroad in us. What makes that necessary? That you love one another. Well, one, he commanded it. Yes, I understand that. That makes it necessary. But what makes it necessary as, as the commandment to love one another plays out? You're going to be hated by the world. You're going to need somebody to love you. You're going to need to love somebody. They won't let you love them. <laughs> What strengthens that love? You're going to be hated by the world. And when only your brethren love you, that's going to make you love them all the more. We're in it through thick and thin. We're just the same. He's kept, kept both. Me and Brother Luke Coffey sat down and talked one day. And I said, we're same age, we're same grade in high school. And I said, Lord's kept us our whole lives. As hard as both of us tried to run, just as fast as we could go. He's kept us. He's sustained. Isn't that good? Let's thank him. Let's thank him. That knits it a little tighter, don't it? These things are going to keep happening. He said, I'm going, my father, I love you. You love one another. They're, your brethren's going to fall and they're going to fail. Now you pick one another up and you forgive one another because next time it's going to be your turn to fall and fail. The world's against you. Now, whenever that gets just so deep and dark, I'm going to send the comforter and you're going to see me and you're going to need me and you're going to learn of me and then you're going to testify of me all over again. Look at verse 26, John 15, 26. But when the comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. That's what's going to happen. And ye also 
shall bear, shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Because you've always been in me. Because that unity. You're going to testify of me. In chapter 16, verse 1, he said, I've told you these things. What? I've told you all this. That you should not be offended. That you don't fall into scandalous things. The world's going to kick you out of their religious circles. They're going to kick you out of the synagogues because they don't know the Father and they don't know me. But you do. That's why they're mad. That's why. Remember all those good churchy people you grew up with your whole life and then the Lord saved you and now all of a sudden you can't be friends with them? They don't want nothing to do with you? And they don't? Why? You ain't got nothing in common. You ain't got nothing in common. They're going to run you out of town. Kill you if they can. And if they kill you, they think they're doing God a favor. I tell you what, I'm going to sort them out. <laughs> Both sides kind of look the same. Don't Peter's going to sort some ears off of people, wouldn't he? Verse 4, John 16, 4. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. He's the only one that can stir up a pure mind. He's the only one that can make that, that word like a two-edged sword and cut. He's all, he can wound and heal in one blow. He's the only one that can do it. Verse 6. But because I've said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Verses 7 through 15, he says, We're, <clears throat> you're going to be down the road and you're going to be sad. You're going to be afraid and you're going to be troubled. And I'll send the comforter, spirit of truth, that he'll point you to me again. Verse 16, he says, a little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, what is this that he saith unto us? A little while and you shall not see me again in a little while and you shall see me and because I go to the Father. And they said, therefore, what is this that he saith a little while? We can't tell what he saith. They were confused. Lord's telling me these things over and over and over again and they don't get it. We have to be told things over and over and over again. Sometimes we don't get it. Isn't that right? They were confused. They're like little children. They were confused because they didn't understand. They were troubled. It bothered them. If God Almighty, the God man in human flesh is explaining something to you over and over and you don't understand it, you know what I'd be? I'd be afraid. What do you tell them? Let not your heart be troubled. Be not afraid, right? Verses 19 through 24, he said, I'm going to my father and you're going to be sorrowful just like a woman in labor and you're going to travail and then when I'm revealed in your hearts, there's going to be joy. When you see me manifest in you, there's going to be joy. Just like that woman having a baby. You're going to forget all that pain. See that pattern, these things are... Repeating, and he says, for my name's sake, you ask what you will and you'll receive it. And your joy is going to be full because it's for me. Now in our text, verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day, that ain't this day, is it? <laughs> when that day comes, at that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you. He said, you, you pray right to the Father. That's how he told us. He said, hey, teach us how to pray, Lord. And they said, all right, like this. Our Father who art in heaven. That's who we pray to, isn't it? The Father. He said, for the Father himself loveth you, because ye hath loved me and have believed I came out from God. And here's the sum of it all in one sentence. Verse 28. 
I came forth from the Father. He descended from on high. And am come into the world, made like as we are, made under the law. Again, I leave the world. I finish the work and go to the Father. I'm on my throne. I'm going to wait till my last child knows me. That's it. That's it. That's substitution, satisfaction. <laughs> All of it right there, isn't it? His disciples said to him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. You said you was going to? That's right now. You're speaking plainly right now. Now we are sure. We wasn't sure before, but now we are. That thou knowest all things. You didn't know he knew all things before this. That's what they said. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this, by what we just experienced, by what you just said, we believe that thou comest forth from God. They had a, their wisdom, their intellect finally got a hold of it. They finally discerned things, didn't it? What fleshly understanding they were assuming. What a poor attitude. They're blaming God for their not understanding all these things before. They said, you, was, you was talking to us the way, now you're speaking plainly. I'd have understood before if you'd have just spoke, right? That's what they're saying. If you'd just been clearer, clear, brethren, we are helpless, hopeless, ignorant maggots apart from Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. We have no wisdom but his wisdom. Well, we think we do. And guess what? We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> that pattern's going to go over, isn't it? We're going to get down. We're going to need mercy. He's going to have to send the comforter, show us him again, and we'll have joy. Verse 31, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? They said, Now we believe. He said, Oh, really? Do you? Did your intellect sort this out? Did your discernment? I've heard people say that before. I said something one time and somebody said, you know what I've been thinking and, uh, and I've decided you're right. <laughs> well, what changed? <laughs> what, what was the difference? What happened? I guess they come to a better. I've came to the doctrines of grace. I found the right path. I found the right things. I found that, that church was wrong. That church was wrong. That church is wrong. But I found the right church. You ain't been wrong yet. You get that? God's going to have to teach us that. They said, now we believe. He said, do you? Do you now believe? Remember what he's asking Peter just a little bit earlier? Peter said, I laid down my life for, for your sake. He said, will you lay down your life? Are you going to? You're going to run for the hills, Peter. You're weaker in pond water. I'm your strength. I'm straight. That's, that's getting down to splitting hairs. Isn't it? No, it ain't. It's getting down to salvation and damnation is what it's getting down to. Either Christ is our all, he'll reveal himself and he keeps us and it's him all 100% or, or we're going to be cast in a lake of fire forever. Thankfully, he's faithful to keep his children. He's faithful to teach his children. Not me, not you, not somebody else. He is. He's faithful to do it. Verse 32. You think you're going to believe? Verse 32, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come. Here in just a short little bit of while, you're going to be scattered. You ain't even going to hold hands on your way out the door. Ever man for himself. Scattered. You're going to look out for number one. That's what you're going to look for. And it says, every man to his own. Did he say 95% of y'all is going to go to your own? That means your own house. 
your own abode. You're going to go find your own place to dwell, and you ain't going to dwell with me. You're going to run. Oh, now we believe, do you? Every one of you is going to, without me, is going to run away and shall leave me alone because he's about to tread the wine press. He's about to shed that blood, and you ain't going to have a part in it that say, you know what I did? I pushed on that, that trendle on the wine press a little bit. I made sure that that spigot was closed off good on that wine press. You ain't going to be in town when it happens. He said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finish this work, and I'm going to go to the Father. He said, you shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone because the Father's with me. He's the Son of God. He is God. You cannot and will not in yourselves uphold your end. I'm about to. And you'll thank me for it. You'll thank me for it. We're going to have peace only in him. Not in our doing, not in our understanding, not in our learning, not in our discernment. We're going to have it in him only. And that's it. Look here in verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. You, that don't sound peaceful. You said, I ain't going to uphold my end. I said, I believe. You said, do you believe? I said, I'm going to lay down my life. So you going to lay down your life? How's that supposed to be peace? Because it's not going to be of you. It's going to be of me. And the only way peace is found is in me. He said, I've said these things to you. And in me, only in him, in the person, you might have peace. Not in your faith, not in your attendance, not in your prayer, not in your conference attending, not in your reading, not in my preaching. I've preached the Lord's used me to save people. Mm -mm, nope, that ain't peace. It don't, it don't give me a lick of peace. He gives me peace. My peace is in him, in him alone. Peace. How do, how's that hit us? Feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceived. We don't know nothing. We could be knocked unconscious with one little swing of an acorn off a tree. Good. <laughs> be out of our minds. But we do have feelings. We do. We have the feeling of peace, don't we? Calm, tranquility, restfulness, contentment. The Lord gives us those things. We can have peace in the mind, peace in the heart, peace in the family, peace in our job. At times, can't we? We can have those things. But that means absolutely nothing if the foundation of peace is not established. That's what he's going to do. He's preparing a place. He's making peace. People say, I've made my peace with God. No, you ain't. He's the peacemaker, not you. He's the one. Well, I feel... Feel, I feel pretty warm and fuzzy on the inside. Well, you might be drunk on the wine of Babylon. I don't know. There's preachers all across this world. They're plentiful. Most of them. Some of some people I know listen to. They cry peace, peace where there's no peace because it's giving you something to do. They're telling you can, you can tough it out. You can stick with him. You can lay down your life for him. He needs you. That's a lie. It may give you warm and fuzzy, but that has no foundation. That's not the, the verb of peace, it's the noun of peace, the foundation. What's that? There's no war. Speak ye comfortably. Speak to the heart. Speak peace to my people. There's no war. There's no wickedness left in you, who he died for, me, for his people, before, now, and after. There's no more wickedness for God to be angry at. Christ is born. That's where he's going. Hours come. Romans 8, 1, Paul said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. We're in him. That's peace, buddy. 
War's over. I did all the, the making of the condemnation. I earned all that, and he settled it. He took care of it. He was my substitute. We just read, looked at Psalm 45 the other day, and that psalmist was writing, my heart's gushing with a good matter. That's good news. You ever been at war with God, been, a, been an enemy of the state, of the king? If you are, buddy, I got good news to tell you. My heart's gushing about it. I speak of things which, which I may touch in the king. That's who he's talking about. He said, grace pours from his lips. He said, I've said all these things. You have peace. That's pretty good, isn't it? Because I'm laying down my life. You're my friends. But we're going to see at the end. I'll jump to it. Be of good cheer. He says, be of good cheer. You can be of good cheer. I said, you may want to pack a parachute. I don't know. <laughs> he says it. Grace pours from his lips. He girds up his sword on his thigh. He's going to battle for us. He's our defender. He's the captain of our salvation. He commands it as the commander. His throne's forever. He's holy. He smells like royalty. Remember that myrrh, that aloe? Oh, it smells good. It smells like sanctification and substitution. It smells like grace. He does. That's peace, isn't it? Substitution. And he's called his bride. He's provided everything for his bride. He's gave her her wedding garments. He's provided the feast. He's going to serve her at the feast. And we rejoice with him. Psalm 45, 15 says, With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. Is he going to lose one? Uh-uh. He's going to go get her. That's peace. And they shall enter into the king's palace. Where's that found? Where's this peace found? There's no more war with God. The holy God we offended. And... and, and more than what's just setting Adam back to zero, more than restoring that. We're made one with him. Joint heirs. <laughs> Count your blessings. <laughs> Get you, you're going to need more than one pencil, I can tell you that. You're going to run out of paper. There ain't enough trees on earth. Where's all that's found? Verse 33 said, These things I've told you, these things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Does that get old? That, does that get tiresome to you? We go. You can go read Ephesians 1, but blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Where was we chose? He elected the people in him. We're predestinated to the adoption of children by Christ to the praise of his grace and glory. We've been accepted, accepted in the beloved, in him. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. That's what it is. That's the no condemnation. It's not just as if I had not sinned. We're justified. It, it ain't no record. Go look it up. You can't. Can't Google it. It ain't there. There's no Wikipedia page on it. It's gone. He put it away as far as the east is from the west. The forgiveness of sins. He's just in doing so. And he's the absolute only one that justifies. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, crying to her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. I've took care of it. She's received double for the Lord's hand for all her sins. Now that foundation, feelings don't matter. That foundation, if I don't make you have a good feeling, I don't want to if, we, if we're turned to him and that comforter comes and we see him and all he's doing, I'll tell you what, buddy, we're happy. It's happenstance. It's every now and then, but it's right now. That's good. That's good. In him, you're going to have peace. That in me, you might have peace. 
in the world, we're going to have trouble. Believer has two lives. One's in Christ. He's in us. One's in this world. I'm, I'm passing through this world. I'm dead to this world. But guess what? I'm here. Are you? You got to go to work tomorrow morning? You got to get up and, and, and go to people and this world that doesn't understand you, it doesn't speak like you, it doesn't think things that you do. And so the well, Lord did that. And they said, what's wrong with you? Those are old-fashioned values. I say all kinds of horrible things, don't they? Or trying to be nice. We had some friends who tried to be nice to us. And they say what they think that is right. And you just got to just grin and bear it. They don't know what they're talking about. They're dead. They can't speak like the Lord's people do. In the world, you're going to have trouble. He said, these things are spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world, it's where we are now, you shall have tribulation. Everybody's preaching health and wealth and prosperity and all that stuff. The Lord said, you're going to have tribulation. Get ready for it. Here it comes. Why? I'll give you three quick things. Why do we have tribulation in this world? One, everybody does. We're members of the human race. You know that? How many races are there? Nobody asked that question. There's one. Adam's race. We sinned against God. We're in trouble. <laughs> That'd be a good thing to tell everybody on the news. We fell in Adam. We ain't living in that garden no more. Job said, man's born a woman in a few days and full of trouble. And we're humans. This body's dying from the second we're born. It ain't going to get no better. The heathen gets sick. I get sick. You get sick. You get a cold. <laughs> You get tennis elbow. I don't know. Everything happens. They have family problems. I have family problems. They have a rough day at work. Guess what? I have a rough day at work. You have a rough day at work? That's just a part of being alive, isn't it? They age because of sin. I'm getting older because of sin. They have an appointed day. We have an appointed day. People die all around them. Their loved ones, their enemies. So do our friends, our family, and our foes. They die too, don't they? We're just humans. You're going to have trouble. That's that's just the baseline, isn't it? Secondly, we're going to have trouble because we're believers. If God gave us life, we're believers. Those that hate God cannot be friends with those that God's, are friend, God's friends with. He said, you're my friends. And if they hate him, they're going to hate his friends too. Ain't they? We're believers. We're not of this world, but we're in it. We don't think like the world does. We don't talk like the world does. Why? We have a new creation inside of us. His handiwork. Different. Did, did Ishmael catch a hard time? No, he had it pretty easy. What about Isaac? Oh, buddy, that's a, that's a chosen one. We don't like him. He's going to get ridiculed. He didn't get picked on. We'll have trouble in this world because we're the descendants of Adam. We're children of the almighty, sovereign God who's on his throne, and we know him to any degree that a man can, and we understand his will, don't we? He's going to glorify himself, and he's going to take care of us. <laughs> That's so. Makes us different. And being a child of God, if you've, if you've dozed off, catch up with me now. Here's where it's going to be, be good for us, okay? Being a child of God, we're going to have trouble because he's going to teach us some things. He's going to teach us some things. To have it too easy is bad. You children are going to have hard times coming. I hope so. You're going to be spoiled rotten. He chastens those that he loves. And we're going to have trouble in this world. Why? So we don't like this world. I've been asked to pray for people from around the world. and Sometimes it's very pointed. I'm told what to pray for. That the trial be lifted. That it'll be eased. That if there's illness, that'll be total healing or something. That's not good. 
You hear me? That's not good. I don't want to walk out of the valley, and I don't want you walking out of a valley unless we're holding his hand when we go. He's going to teach us to cling to him. He's got a hold of us. He's going to teach us to hold on to him. That might be why we have trouble in this world. I don't want to move from darkness. What if I feel like he's, he's hid his face from me and I can't see him? And I better, you talk about dark times. You start feeling like you've been left alone. Do I want some kind of, I want that to end too quick? Do I want to have some kind of false hope? I don't want to come out from that darkness and I don't want you to come out from that darkness unless we've been led by his light and we see him as the only light. Unless we turn to him, unless it's accomplished what he sent it to accomplish. I don't want relief from a sickness unless my great physician does the relieving. Now I'll wait on him. Now he may send the means and I'll take the means, but I want to see him before that trouble's lifted. Our troubles in this world, they turn us from the world and from our knowledge and from our intellect and our wisdom and they turn us to a person. Our peace, the Lord our righteousness. That's what the trouble's for. In the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to. Trouble's the medicine that turns us from the world and ourselves to Christ our King. Paul said that we just read Romans 8. The peace comes first. Ain't you thankful for that? Ain't you glad? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You gave the sweet. We had dessert first. Isn't that good? I'm glad. You need that sometimes. He said just be a little while. If I said, you know what, it's going to be, it's going to be real rough for an hour, and then it's all going to be good. I could stand on my head for an hour. Well, I can probably just grin and bear it and take it real, just for a little bit, can't we? That's, that's tender and kind, isn't it? Paul said, we read in Romans 8, there's therefore now no condemnation. How did he get there? In Romans 7, he said, I see a law of my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing in captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me? Not what? Because huh? he's learned something. <laughs> Who shall deliver me from the body of this death, this trouble, this world? What's the rest of it say? You know. I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Period. He's the answer. He's the deliverer. There's therefore now no condemnation. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Paul says, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. You may have heavy trials, heavy, heavy, and a manifold, a whole bunch of them. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold which perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom you have not seen, you love, and whom... Though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory when we see him, don't we? When we, when we think about smelling him, don't that make you happy? Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of the soul. Because that's him. He's the salvation. He says in verse 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. When he says you'd be of good cheer, you'd be of good cheer. Why? I've overcome the world. We're still in this world. We're still alive. We're walking through this world. But we know he's conquered it. We know it's finished. We know there, he's our peace, don't we? And we're walking in faith. That's for our good. It ain't a time I've ever been chasing. It ain't for my good, and it wasn't for his glory, and it wasn't for our brethren, too. 
There in Acts 2, it says they were continuing one accord. They were breaking bread house to house, and they ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And what did the Lord do? He added to the church daily that should be saved. The Lord's going to use that. We're going to go through low times so we rejoice in him. And he's, someone's going to say, what, what are they, who are they talking about? I want, to, I want to be happy like they're happy. I want to be, they'll call it resilience in our day, don't Somebody asked me one time, I said, how are you so resilient? I said, God sustains me if he sees fit. That's how I'm so resilient. That's how anybody is. Peter said also, he said, whom resist the steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The Lord may give us afflictions in this body and in our mind and our family. That way, when our brethren go through that, we can look at them and say, I, I've been through it. You want me to tell you what's going to happen? You're going to see Christ at the end of this, and he's going to comfort you in that. Believe me, I know. If Lazarus came to you and said, you're about to die, I died before. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to open your eyes and see him. That's what you're going to see. And I said, my brother's been through that. He loves me because he said love one another, don't he? He's going to me, my Lord may give us troubles and trials to put us through so we can just be of a comfort to one another. He comforts us in all tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now, the same thing he comforts us with. Ain't nothing different. The Lord was sending out those 12 and he warned them the trouble to come. And he said, fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's who we're concerned. That's who we honor. That's who we fear, isn't it? These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. I told you all these things. In the world, you're going to have trouble. You shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be a happy people. Be a thankful people. Be a merciful people because I have overcome the world. Told, told Satan, he said, go do what you're going to do and do it quick. And he spent the rest of that night telling these same things of bunch of thick-headed worms. What? Guys just like me. And he was patient and long-suffering and tender to him, and he wanted to have peace. And he gave it to him now. He did. And that was it. Chapter 17, verse 1. These words spake Jesus. He told him all these things. And he lifted up his eyes to heaven. He wasn't talking to them no more, but they could listen. And he said, Father, the hour's come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may also glorify thee. I've got a glimpse of his glory. Who he is, what he's done, as much as this pea brain can understand it. I'm happy. That gives me peace. And then when that trouble that shall come, I'm a little bit good cheer. I can go eat a sandwich and sit underneath the shade tree and be all right. Why? He's overcome the world. He said it. I believe it. Do you? Do you now believe? We will, won't we? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, how patient and long-suffering you are with your children. Lord, we're thankful. Thank you for these words that you moved on to write for us and record our Lord speaking and us seeing his tenderness and his strength and power, his kindness towards sinners. 
make us kind and tender-hearted and long-suffering and patient, Lord, through the trouble that you send us. Keep the trial that you've given each of your children until it accomplishes what you've sent it to do. Give us trials that we may comfort those that are in trials, Lord. Make us cheerful during it, not as those that don't have hope, but those that know the true and living God who's revealed himself to us. We're thankful. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for our brethren, and thank you for our King. It's in his name only that we ask it. Amen.